like you're endeavouring to bring hope to this wonderful town of Thatcham and Newbury. God's good, isn't he? I'm sorry, I don't know your name, um, this lady over here with the scarf on. Liz. Liz prayed a beautiful prayer early this morning. And in a prayer she said that Jesus came to show us what God's like. He did, didn't he? And I don't know about you, but I find Jesus challenging (laughs) when I read the scriptures. But he came to show us what God's like. And we're going to look at a scripture in a few minutes where Jesus, I believe, showed us what God's like in the story of the Good Samaritan. But before we do that, I just want to take a few moments just to thank you as a church community. Um, You know, compassion is able to do what it does because of the global church. That is the truth. Um, We're not here as um, an organisation to supersede the church. The church is God's design. And we're here to bring the love of Christ, the hope of Christ to the communities in which we live and have contact with. The church is the hope of the world. And you're bringing hope not just to the community here where you live, but also to children. And I want to pause for a moment to be able to celebrate that, to be able to say thank you to you as a community because the difference you're making is just like the one you've just seen in that story of the Bissinger family. And so since the partnership with your church began, since people here began to... Oh, oh, sorry, I'm not used to um, standing in front of a microphone like this. I'm a bit of a wanderer. I'm going to have to get some Velcro on my shoes, I think, this morning. Um, Since your partnership began, I was here last year to kind of officially launch a partnership. But the reality is there's been people sponsoring here um, for a number of years. And so I just want to share for a moment your impact. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're able to do at Compassion is, is to see the children that are sponsored go to a programme every every Saturday at a local church. You know, all of our projects and programmes are run by the local churches that are in those countries. And so over this um, period of time, there's been 8,605 hours spent at the projects by the children. And what's really significant about this is that when children become part of a compassion programme, they're able to come to a place that's safe. A place where they're known, where they're loved, where they're protected. And during that time, they're able to eat nutritional meals. And there's been 2,794 meals that have been given to these children that are cared for by the local church, but are able to go there because of your generosity and sponsorship. We don't know what they're eating during the week, but we know that when they get to the project, they're having nutritional meals that are going to help them physically grow and be nourished. Within those hours spent there, they're able to play, have fun, build friendships, train in different activities. If they want to do sport, they can do sport. If they want to do creative activities like drama or play music or draw or paint, they're they're able to do that. But most of all, they're able to come together, hear about the love of Christ, pray, You know, just this last week, one of my colleagues did um, a virtual vision trip with some people um, to Kenya. 
And during the trip, because of technology, we're able to go and visit a, a family um, in the field and visit their home on a live link. And when they were talking to the project director in Kenya, one of the questions asked was, how many children in Kenya that are part of the Compassion Programs have received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour? And right now, we're able to serve 133,000 children in Kenya through 450 local churches. And out of that, we, they can guarantee, they've said, we know at least 60,000 children have said yes to Jesus, which is incredible, isn't it? It's the power of the local church. And so we're thankful for those figures that are on the screen, those 50 medical checks that are always ensuring that the children are healthy and if they're unwell, they receive medical intervention. And each one of those children have received a Bible which they can take home and share with their families. We're seeing families come to Christ through children engaging with the program and their local church. And so your gifts over this past 12 months has been £4,690, which is a significant amount of money which has just enabled these children to access education, something that they deserve, receive nutritional meals, vocational training, hear the gospel, and have been able to serve them in so many ways which have enabled them to grow, have a healthy childhood, and ultimately be released from poverty in Jesus' name. And there's also been eight additional gifts that have been sent from you here, which means that you've decided to send a child a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or even maybe the family a financial gift. And when you do that, that money's not given to them directly to say, go and spend on what you want to spend it on. We sit with the family and we say, what is the current need right now for the child or for you? And that money's spent in a way that's going to serve them well in the context of that season that they're in. And we get the privilege through sponsorship to be able to write to the children and we do receive letters from them. And over this past 12 months, there's been 56 letters sent by the children and 37 letters sent by you as sponsors. Those words that you write do have an impact on those children. So thank you for those of you that are writing. And the church at the moment is sponsoring 12 children um, through individuals and families here. And um, there are some... Photographs of the children um, that are being sponsored. And if you're here this morning and you don't recognise your child on there, just come and see me afterwards and we can get your child connected to the church, which just enables us to be able to you know, share the impact of all the sponsorships that are happening. So do come and see me afterwards if you can't see your child on there. And the countries that children are being sponsored in are Uganda and Kenya and, and, a, and a few others too. We have the privilege of serving um, children in 29 countries um, in Africa, Asia and Central and South America. And uh, we have eight and a half thousand church partners in the field that are serving 2.3 million children right now, which is tremendous. But the reality is there's 356 million children that live in extreme poverty. So there's much work to be done, but there's... Much hope being brought to the children and these families. And what I want us just to finish off as I say thank you to you as a community is that for every child that's sponsored, their family gets impacted. And when we impact a number of families, then we begin to impact a community. And when a community is impacted, a region, a number of communities are impacted, then we impact a region. 
and ultimately when regions are impacted we're influencing a nation and I believe that the heart of God is that we're to influence the nations and uh, we know that as we begin with one child the ripple effect of that can go um, to places that we would never imagine or even know. So I want to continue to encourage you to to pray for not just your child, but for compassion for the local church, for protection for the children, their families and their communities, a sense of encouragement and support across the nations, um, for calm and peace to be in communities, as some of the communities that we work in um, are experiencing trouble Um, at this time and for God's wisdom for the governments and for those in positions of leadership we know that we're thankful for compassion in each country that there's accountability in our work in the finances that they go into the places where they should be going and we're thankful to God for everything that he's doing through the generosity of people within the church so let's just turn our attention for a few moments to Luke chapter 10 It's a familiar story that each one of us know here, but I just want to read from um, verse 25, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and to love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, He passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn to take care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins And gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? I think we all know the answer to that question. It's interesting, isn't it, when Jesus spoke and delivered parables, it was often to those religious leaders that sat in front of him. 
And when we read many of these stories, we see that often those religious leaders, and in this case, there was the priest, who would have been a well-known, respected religious man within his community, he chose to walk on the other side of the road. And the Levite, who came from the tribe of Levi and would still have had significance within the role of the church at the time in the community and assisting the priests, would have been a well-respected person within the community. But both of them chose to walk on the other side of the road. It really shows me that actually religion doesn't necessarily outwork the heart of God. These men knew the scriptures, but actually Jesus came to show the community, those religious leaders and rulers of the day, what God's heart was really like, what the kingdom of God was really about. And what was surprising about this story was the Samaritan. The Samaritan would have been marginalized, would have been looked down upon by the Jews within their communities. They'd been an outcast. But here was a Samaritan who saw the need, took pity on the man, is what we've just read in the NIV version. Other translations says he had compassion upon the man, but he stepped to the side, he knelt down, and he met that man in his need. He chose to see the need and to act. And I love the fact that he recognised that he couldn't be there for the man the following day. But he put him in the hands of an innkeeper, gave him some money and said, hey, I'm going to return and I'm going to reimburse you for any additional costs. He had a real heart to serve this man that had been robbed, that was in need at that particular time. He answered the cry of this man. And chose to do something about it. He didn't make any excuses. He stepped in to the need of that man. Those things are all very obvious to us. But what I believe is really underlying in this scripture. In the parable of the good Samaritan. Is it isn't just about random acts of kindness. This parable also centers around enemy love in the form of gracious acts of mercy. Kind of breaks down them versus us kind of barriers and dissolves those insider and outsider boundaries. The story opens a wider theme of belonging to God's kingdom. You see, the Jews and the Samaritans saw things different. Some were insiders if you was a Jew, but the Samaritans were outsiders. But this really shows us that actually the kingdom of God is bigger than that. It's about us coming together, regardless of our differences, regardless of our social position, regardless of our background, our history, whether we've had a good upbringing or a poor upbringing, whether we've got plenty of money in our bank account or very little of it in our bank account. It's about God's heart coming to us, the kingdom of God becoming alive amongst us, and actually we're all equal in the eyes of God. 
going back to the video that we saw earlier, that video doesn't just break my heart, but it challenges me to the core because here we see a real story brought to us just in a few moments of a family that lived in desperate need. Unbelievable levels of poverty. Having a lack of food and a lack of resource. The father having a disability which restricted him in what he could do for work. But he didn't sit around feeling sorry for himself. He actually had an incredible gift and craft. But that morning when Paneer walked through her banana plantation and heard that baby cry... She could have walked away, but she chose not to. She chose to step in to the story of the girl that we know as Blessing. I can't think of another story where a family could have had every excuse, every reason to not reach out. But they chose to. And I think that story echoes the heart of what God's trying to say in this story of the Good Samaritan. That it's about people, it's about showing love and doing what we can for those that are in desperate need. But the bigger picture that just thrills me about the story of the Basinger family and what's happening in that community through the local church and children being able to engage in a compassion project. And the significance of that is that just taking one aspect of what the children have through what they're able to receive through sponsorship is that education within the Karamaja region, which is one of the poorest, most volatile regions within Uganda, has gone from 10% engagement to 90%. It's remarkable. It's really remarkable. And actually, when we think about what we can do as a local church, as an individual or a family to serve others, we don't know what God can do through us, can we? And this morning I'm here representing Compassion. It's obvious that I'm going to be asking you to consider sponsoring a child if you're able to this morning. But... It is just more than that too. It's about the kingdom of God right here in Thatcham. I'm excited that there's not much room left in this building. I'm excited that at Wash Common there, growing in numbers too, and that actually as a church, you're entering a season where you need a facility that's going to bring the communities together even more, where you're going to be able to serve this community even more. So let's think this morning too about who is your neighbour right here? A person that you can physically see, can physically sit next to. Who do you know that needs the love, the grace, the mercy of Christ right now? Because that is what you're called to. That is what God requires of you. It's not just for Steve 
and the leadership. It's for every single person. We're all here representing Jesus Christ as an apprentice, as a follower of Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Christ. And so whatever tomorrow holds, whatever this coming week, the coming months, the coming years hold, I want to encourage you to step into the stories of those people that God brings your way so that we can see the kingdom of God ushered in and play our part. One of the things that this parable does, it speaks today in that we might consider prayerfully in what specific context and with whom we are being led by the Holy Spirit to come closer to and see in another person. It may even be somebody that you could consider an enemy. Somebody that maybe has caused issues or problems for you in the past or has been unkind or has said unhelpful and nasty things to you. Maybe God's calling us to step into that person's story. Maybe there's a mum or a dad at the school gate that has caught your attention and there's a niggling within your spirit thinking, what? May the Holy Spirit be stirring you to towards to step into their story. You know, I'm thankful that the global church is stepping into the story of children and families' lives where there is no hope, where there's communities where there is a lack of food, where there's a lack of education, where there's a lack of opportunity. I know even in this role that I have at Compassion, having the privilege of working a full-time role looking at the stats, engaging in this all the time, I still take for granted what I've got, what my family has. That when my youngest, Reuben, who's 21 in a couple of weeks' time, rings me up and says, Dad, can you just bounce me a little bit of money for some food this week? I'm skint. That I'm able to do that. What a privilege to be able to do that for my children but I wonder what the mother and father feels what it does to their soul when they cannot provide for their child that has been a gift given to them can't imagine what that must feel like what it does to their self worth and feeling that they may have failed them in some way. But going back to the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus shows us that actually
we all need to rely on others in our lives at some stage and at some point. Whether that's financially or in health or in just sitting and talking with someone that's feeling lonely, that's feeling isolated, that's feeling abandoned. That's what Jesus wants us to do. And so my greatest encouragement to you today is to just to continue to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to be alive to the Holy Spirit and what God's saying to you and where you can step into the story of others within this beautiful community that you're a part of here within Thatcham and Newbury. And maybe today God's speaking to you as well to step into the story of someone that does live in extreme poverty like the Basinja family, to be able to support and stand alongside a child that lives in extreme poverty, to play your part by giving some of your finances through penning some words on a piece of paper that would bring encouragement and hope to them. By praying for them, seeing God work miracles within their lives, that they can have a hope and a future, that you can not just change the life of a child, but maybe their family, maybe part of changing their community, as your generosity equips the church within those communities to enable them to serve children that are desperate, families that are desperate, with practical needs, but ultimately with the love and care of Christ. To being part of God's global church that are serving the poor in an effective way. Following the service, there are some children here that I would love to introduce you to that do need our support today. And our support team are brilliant in providing uh, wonderful children for us. And... You know, maybe this morning, you know, £32 a month to sponsor a child is not a small ask. I get that. To commit to giving £32 of your money towards somebody that you've never met before. But I do know that these children are desperate, are in need. And that the local church is passionate about serving them to the best way that they can. And together, as we come together as the body of Christ around the globe, we can make a difference. And so the children that we have here this morning, and actually adults, there's Abraham here who's 20 years old. He's in his second year of an undergraduate. He's doing a degree. He would never have had the opportunity to do that without people standing alongside him over the last few years. Now, whoever was sponsoring Abraham, for some reason, they're not able to be, continue to do that. But this young man has maybe got 18 months, two years left before he graduates. And maybe that's something that you could consider committing to today for another 18 months to two years. But then we've also got children like Sabine from Rwanda, who's five years old. Almost at the age to attend school. That's a long-term commitment. But maybe you could do that today. So as you prayerfully consider this morning, maybe standing alongside some of these children, which would be absolutely wonderful. But just remember that 
each moment of every day we have an opportunity to step into the story of somebody else's as well and that we could do that I just want to conclude this morning by sharing one more video which really just gives a broader overview of the impact of the local church and as partnering with the local church in seeing communities transformed and children's lives changed through the work that we're doing together. So let's just watch this video about God's church on the move. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. in the church here to see children and children, hundreds of children and pastors and volunteers to share the love of God with such passion and such the church is the soul and of course the light bring hope
Thanks, guys. One of the things I really love about that um, video is, is what the pastor says, um, that we come as equal partners. So true, that we are all equal, that there's no one better than the other. But together, as we look to come together as the global church, serving those in poverty, amazing things happen, remarkable things happen. And so for those of you that are currently sponsoring, thank you so much. Continue to write and um, your commitment to that child or those children and their families is having a remarkable effect because you're empowering the local church leaders, the project staff, the people within the local church to come around these children and their families and make a huge difference. And so I just want to conclude before I hand back to Steve just by having the privilege of just praying for you this morning as a community. Father God, I just want to thank you that, you know, we are all part 